Hello, this is Matt Marone, the worship pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, October 23rd, 2022. Hey, everybody. I'm John Vanderbilt. I'm the executive pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. Hi there. I'm Simone Halpin, executive director of Naomi's House. And I'm Kelly Breeze. I'm the pastor at Glen Ellen Bible Church. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Next Level. Good morning. Good morning, all. Good morning. Hello. We have already talked football, <laughs> uh, <Politics>. English politics, <laughs> and now we're going to shift to the occult. <laughs> Light morning. morning. <laughs> I think it's Lord, all related, actually. Lord help us. Hey, what an amazing weather, though, this weekend, if oh, we're going to cover all topics. <laughs> oh. yeah. It was almost too hot. It's so awesome. It's like, can we turn it down like yeah. 10 degrees? So good. Yes. We were at a yes. uh, 10-year-old baseball game yesterday and the windstorm oh it was sad yeah and i don't know i mean they just played through it they're so tough those little 10 year olds i did find myself yelling extra loud to where i thought i either need to leave or i'm going to lose i was like yelling worked up i was yelling at my friend's kids that's how bad i positively or negative i was like make the play i was so mad (laughs) i know i don't know what came over me i just was Uh, i wanted them to win the holy spirit (laughs) <laughs> not <laughs> Carrie and I will have those moments in the in the bleachers where we'll have to remind each other what parents are sitting right near us. Yeah. So in case, yeah. In case we make a comment mm-hmm. about somebody's mm-hmm. ineptness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, his parents are right by. Oh, never. He's good. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Get your head out of you. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Johnson. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just comes. Caleb's over having you. a great game. It's it's different when they're that young though too. When you They're get right into high on school, the brink of being a, good, these little guys. Yeah. When you get into high school, there's a little bit more commentary you can make generally about the the game yeah. without people feeling singled out or whatever. But yeah, well, I believe the word is triggered, John. The word today is triggered. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, warm weather and. All the sports. One more day of it, too. A week ago when it, when you saw that we were going to get 70s in the weekend, it was yeah. supposed to be done today. Yeah. But now we get like one more I know. tomorrow. Yes. And then the rest and then of it's the gonna, it's going to pour rain, I think, tomorrow night or something yeah, like maybe. that, tomorrow afternoon. I've yeah. got some, some tile to cut, some backsplash to finish, some wet <laughs> oh, wow. saw, some wet saw to use. <laughs> no, I'm thinking, well, we just haven't finished it yet. So I figured by this point I'd be using a wet saw in 20-degree weather, yeah. which would be miserable. But, uh, man, getting some warm weather, so... Are you tiling your kitchen? Yes. Okay. We're almost done. Nice. We have one more wall to yeah. go, mm-hmm. and then we are done. It still needs to be grouted and sealed, but okay. yes. Cool. Good yes. for you. We got a quote for it. Mm-hmm. Two grand. Oh, okay. Two grand. So we were like, <laughs> buy a tile saw. I bought a $170 tile saw. Not it gets the job done. It's yeah. not the fanciest, yeah. but it gets the job done, and uh, just got the materials. Good and, for you. Hey, well, let's figure this out. It's so, going to cost him 2000 I mean, I was going to... How many hours <laughs> no, of YouTube no. have you and watched? I've, and I've had to buy nine extra boxes of tile. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but here, here's an awesome... Here's an awesome story about that. Here comes that. the story of tile. <laughs> yes, no, this is great. This is great. So those tile boxes are like $40 a box, $42, whatever. So we bought like three of them to start the job. Like, this was months ago, and we kind of started one just to kind of see how it would go. Because they're like arrow... They're not squares, they're arabesques, so it's a little mm-hmm. harder. Mm-hmm. And so then I went to go get the rest of the tile. It's it was hard gone. to find. And I show up at Home Depot and ask for it. And the dude's like, oh, I think we have that. So he gets the lift out, goes all the way up, gets it out. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm glad they still have this. Brings it down. I go and scan it, $3. And I was like, oh, oh, that, no, I'm looking online right here. It's 40. You must be charging me for like a sheet of it. Oh. You know, she's like, okay. She scanned it again. She calls the manager. The manager goes, nope, they're $3. This is on clearance. Nice. It's like, like, oh. Yes. Can I return the other boxes? Adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. All right. Yeah, back on topic. <laughs> All right. How was Sunday? Let's not uh, blow by the baptisms. Oh, they were amazing. so encouraging. It was encouraging. First, well, if you were in first service, yeah, you didn't see it. You didn't see it. Right. But we had three baptisms in uh, second service. Lots of encouraging testimony and just fun. I think fun. what was encouraging about the encouraging testimony was how responsive mm-hmm. the community was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, do they, does everybody know these girls? I mean, everybody was so <laughs> just excited. Yeah, it was three adult women. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was, was cool. Really fun. Yeah. yeah. Lots Two of affirmation. Sisters. Yeah. Two sisters. Twins. Twins. Right. Yeah. They didn't say that. 
Yeah. Not that they needed to, but yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Alrighty. Cool. And, um, you know, with Halloween just around the corner, we, Kelly preached on the occult. Yeah. So it was pretty timely. <laughs> As we were just talking about last week on the podcast, all of the, the fascination with occult-like things in front yards. And you, and you, you told me that the giant skeleton in our neighborhood is, yeah. is face down. It, 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 <laughs> the I, wind I blew this it morning, over. Yeah. Southern it has wind collapsed. It's blown. Yeah. Although I will say about that, I was thinking about it this morning on the drive, just like... It's it's pretty anatomically correct skeleton. Like it's not it's not gory. It's just a skeleton, you know. And which kind of makes it even more weird. A little yeah. too lifelike. There's but there's it's just a, like somebody's house in South Wheaton over by Kelly Park. Um, we somebody we were riding bikes and they're like, you got to see this house. It's so creepy. They have like a like a mannequin of like a woman who's kind of like really pale faced. On a swing, and it's like just like like all on its own, like a like a witch. But its eyes are like staring. It's so incredibly <laughs> creepy. It's yeah. so terrible. It just freaks you out. You're like, <gasps> it's like it's staring. It's like just this woman on a swing. Yeah. Anyway, no, I, I remember uh, remember in the eighties and like Halloween parties became a thing, and it's like, oh, close your eyes and. Touch the whatever in <laughs> the, the, slime. In the bowl. Ooh, it's a brain. I, I, even when I was a kid, I thought it was so corny. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Did or you the, really? Oh, yeah. You love the that? haunted hayrides and no, no, no. That houses. stuff was fun. But it was all like on but there one... were these parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were How these about, parties. Like, all the treats that are made to be like like Rice Krispie treats with like <laughs> yeah. red dye in them, and yeah. so it looks like ground up meat or whatever. It's just like <laughs> all these like horrible things, like eyeballs. It's like, like your excuse to be gory. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, it's I'm just, just like, weird. wait a minute, that's still a Rice Krispie though, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. Oh, yeah. But yeah, the skeleton has fallen. There's a massive werewolf by Briarpatch Park hmm. in South Wheaton. It's like on the parkway, so it like kind of hangs over the road a little bit. It's very creepy in yeah. the dark. Hey, did your neighborhood have the Halloween party? Uh, they did, yeah. The it's go? a fall festival. Did you go? So that the whole neighborhood is included. <laughs> so like the people that hide in their basement during Halloween, they could be included because it's a fall festival. <laughs> we did not go. Turn? You didn't? No, we didn't I go. saw that your neighbors were there, the Murrays. And- yeah. Yes, we did not. Uh, some, of, uh, did some of our kids, for sure one of our kids went. You can't keep track of your kids, can you, John? <laughs> we just had other stuff going on, so. All right. All right. It was earlier in the day mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be more family friendly and you know, discourage drunkenness. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's get into some questions. First one up. Can you talk some about Acts 16? Why was Paul so bothered by the girl? After all, she was telling the truth. What was she doing that annoyed him so much? Yeah, I thought I'd just really quick read this little section. It's not terribly long from Acts 16. It's three verses. Um, Luke writes, Once, when Paul and Silas were going to the place of prayer in the city of Philippi, they were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. So that's what she's shouting. She kept this up for many days. Days, mind you. (laughs) Finally, Paul became so annoyed, Luke writes, that he turned around and said to the spirit inside this slave woman, In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. And then the slave owners have Paul and Silas arrested and thrown into jail because they're so frustrated that they can't make a living money off this fortune telling anymore. Really intriguing story. So the question, what was Paul annoyed with? I think Paul knew from the outside. In fact, I think Luke sets up the story to help us understand Paul knew her background, the source of the power by which she told fortunes, and that um, her, well, I don't know if he, at the very least, she was a distraction. It, it, even though she was uh, factually accurate, 
she's yelling for days, yeah. following them around town while they're trying to pray and minister. And so he gets annoyed with her yelling. And I, I think, you know, he knew uh, through discernment, word of knowledge, this is a, she's factually accurate, but she's actually possessed. <laughs> right, and right. so he speaks to, um, I'll, tell, I'll tell an interesting story. I was preaching at NIU, Northern Illinois campus, open air preaching. A local, uh, an evangelist friend took me out there and we stood on the campus and we just attracted a little crowd. So we were preaching the gospel and people in the crowd would ask questions and students would gather around. This was just out in DeKalb. It's over a decade ago now. And so there, it was um, me, my friend, and then my friend had a, a friend. And so we would take turns standing up on this little raised plot of ground, this little hill, and people would gather around and listen. We would preach open air. So it's me and my buddy were standing off to the side while his friend preached. And there was a, on the periphery of the crowd, maybe 50 people, there was a, a student yelling, praise God, praise God. And it was so annoying. It wasn't helpful. And the guy standing next to me, my buddy said, that's a demon. That's a manifestation. Even though factually correct, Whoa. praise God, I said, what? He goes, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a distraction to the ministry and mm. undermining the work. It, it, it struck me as quasi-mocking. There was a mocking element to it. Mm. Um, and I don't know that my friend was saying that person was possessed, uh, but that the distraction was... Um, fueled or encouraged by demonic activity. So, Wow. Yeah, when I read this, I, I, every time I've read this passage, I don't get the sense that like this is some really nice pomp and circumstance announcing of Paul and, the, you know, like, <laughs> here, here he comes. Here you, here you. Yeah, banging a nice drum. And yeah. no, This is like shouting and disruptive and yeah. for days. There's so many questions here. Like, what, why does Paul not cut it off after day yeah. one? You know, like... I wonder if there was an element of... Um, Paul did not, I, I don't know this, but when I've read this account and I, th I think it, think about it, I wonder if there's an element of not wanting to be associated with the fortune telling world. So if she's telling yeah. the truth about who they are and they're about to go, yeah. Hey, she's not with us. Yeah. Right. So there was this, you know, while telling the truth and announcing who they were, there's an element of not wanting to be associated like, oh, oh, they're part of that, you know, yeah. and all that, yeah. you know, so there's this, this, uh, you know, it was probably, it was growing to the point of annoyance <laughs> where one, she's disruptive, but two, there's this, I don't want, that's not us. Like she, stop she's drawing attention to herself. Stop saying right? this. It makes it look like we're on the same team here yeah. and we're not. And, yeah, see that. um, until you've been freed from this and so... I don't know. I I wish he was more annoyed that she was being exploited by yeah, these right, owners who right. were using her, a uh, possessed woman being used to make them money. You know, I don't know. Maybe that is maybe that's part of the 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 storyline here, but and I also am more curious what the word annoyed means in the original language because yeah, right. that we have a definition for that, but I don't know if it falls in line with like, was he frustrated? Was he... Tired. Tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, did, I would... Did you happen to look it up by chance? Well, I looked up some other translations, but... Um, do they all stay no, around their word annoying? Exasperated is one of them, one of the words, um, but I didn't... I was doing it really quickly while you all were talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting, the whole idea of... I, I think there might be a question later in this, but the whole idea of... Um, so if she is a fortune teller by a spirit and she's making a lot of money for her owners. She must be telling truth, true things. And what she says about Paul yeah. is true. Mm -hmm. That whole element of, of um, <laughs> like, how does that work, right? Well, it, even the demons know, that approached Christ said, they recognized right, him right. and they could identify his authority. Right. 
But I'm, I'm saying, I, I'm assuming, I'm, I'm just making an assumption that if you are a fortune teller who's making a lot of money, what you're telling people is things they are helpful to them. So you get repeat business. Yeah. Right. It's, right. You're telling them things that... But if she's actually demon-possessed, how much autonomy does she have on what she's saying? Well, that's what I, that's what I mean. The, the, the demon inside of her mm-hmm. is, is producing something that's beneficial to the community or they wouldn't, she wouldn't be making money. I don't know. I would say beneficial. Well, I would say, I would say <laughs> good point. Some sort of truth. Not not yes. uh, universally beneficial, but beneficial. Yeah. Profitable. Yeah. Profitable. Yeah. Profitable. Yeah. Right yeah. to the yeah. people that are coming to pay money. Right. They're not going to come and keep paying money, right. and she's not going to be lucrative yeah. if, if it's yeah. you know they're telling the demon is always sharing things that is it's not true. Yeah, I don't want to read into this too much, but have you Agreed. ever been in with someone who's demon possessed, yeah. where you see? them literally lose control over their words. And I mean, it's, it's ugly. It's frightening. Yeah. And it also makes it apparent how little control they are. They have. So I don't know how, where she is. And are you looking it up, Kelly? It's, a, yeah. it's a, you know, de- and there's multiple forms of demon possession yeah. and demon influence sure. throughout the new Testament. I mean, right. the, the, those that were possessed with multiple demons, those that were influenced, you know. Possession's not actually a helpful uh, term. It's um, a common term used. Uh, A New Testament rendering would be more closely demonized rather than possessed. So, and to John's point, there is a a vast spectrum of influence. yeah, the danger, the reason I think you're drawing the distinction is that the danger is to think that all demonic activity only comes because it's in, because someone is possessed by right. a demon. Right. And that's not, that's right. That's not necessarily yeah. the case that we can experience or see yeah. uh, demonic activity even from somebody that isn't actually fully, isn't possessed by this demon, meaning the demon owns them, mm-hmm. all their thoughts, all their language, all the, you know. Well, so. and, and demons aren't present, presented as owners right. in, in scripture, right. but influencers. I, right. I would compare them to like, um, <laughs> bear with me here, uh, um, the way, you know, insects might in, infest a house, mm-hmm. the, um, creating a trouble, problems, uh, and there's different levels of infestation or influence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I would like to think that Paul was annoyed with the demon mm-hmm. yes. in this scenario. Versus, there's a, yeah. there right, is, but I mean, yeah. it uh, says he was annoyed with the woman. <laughs> I'm just saying, I would like to make that clarification. Because <laughs> that was what the question was saying. I, I don't know if I'm reading into the question too much, but the person wrote in, why... He, it's just, it doesn't say her. It says, finally, Paul became so she, annoyed no, that he turned around to... No, the question says, what was she doing oh, that annoyed you. him so much? I got and you. I was just thinking, well, she, she was wasn't, possessed. She wasn't, but the demon yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Anywho. <laughs> hmm. All right, uh, let's go to the next one. Kelly's on a deep oh, search. King, um, yeah, King, <laughs> King James says that he was grieved. Yeah, yeah. grieved. Yeah, I was. Words matter, people. Yeah, Yeah, that's our next question. If I say I'm I'm grieved by my children, that's much different than I'm annoyed by my children. Sure. And we could be both. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's go to the next one. (laughs) More occult practices. I'm sure that was super clear. (laughs) More occult practices coming up. Occult practices are obviously antithetical to faith in Christ, but what about. Are things as common as talking about karma and sending good vibes and energy? Should we refrain from that as well? Yeah, I just jotted a little note here. Remember, it's not simply that words have meanings, but that meanings have words. This is to say that there are realities. There are meanings and there are real um tangible realities, which we want to describe, and we select certain words to describe what is real. So meanings have words, just as much as words have meanings. And so when we say we're sending good vibes, 
instead of saying, we're praying for you, we're choosing a meaning that we're representing. So I avoid, I would, sending good vibes sounds so goofy to me, so cheesy that I, I wouldn't say it. But I'd much rather say, hey, I'm praying for you. And if I offend somebody, they'll let me know and we can work through that. But anytime we talk about karma rather than judgment, then we're missing an opportunity to represent the reality that we as believers know biblically. And so we want to, yes, words have meanings, but meanings also have words. And we want to represent what is meaningful in the world, what's real in the world with words we select. So I would, I, I would select words that represent the realities we see. And good vibes doesn't capture much of the reality I see around <laughs> me. And along those lines, I'll jump in because it doesn't come, uh, it doesn't come anywhere else in the questions that we're going to have. Man, I would stay away from crystals. Yeah. I would stay away. There are occult shops. There are Wiccan shops you can go to. Wiccan, sure. which is a naturalism these days, kind of a, a Mother Earth. Uh, but Wiccans these days, they'll cast spells um, and um, they'll use words and they'll use uh, earthen materials to cast spells, blah, blah, blah. So I, w- I would stay away from anything that, that had that flavor to it. I was working with somebody not too long ago that got involved in some yoga. And I don't mean just yoga pants and in the local park district class. I mean, this person had advanced in her practice of yoga to the point where she had been given a personal mantra through a um, kind of an indoctrination. I'll call it, it had, it's, as she described it to me, it had a seance element to it where she was accessing energies and a yogi was uh, trying to communicate. You know, it was very uh, spiritual. Had all these anyway. She got involved in in this high end yogi stuff. It's called Reiki. Have you heard of Reiki? Mm-hmm. And she started seeing demons a- afterwards. Oh, wow. There's yeah. just no other way to say it. Uh, opened herself to that, and so we worked through that. And I, she goes, and I. A couple weeks later, a month later, as we were continuing to talk, she goes, and I, I have these crystals in my apartment. I said, well, okay, where'd you get the crystals? She goes, I don't know. They're just nice. I bought them at a rock shop. I said, well, you know what? Just given your background, I don't think I would toy with any of that stuff. I would put that stuff out. I would look to see how far away I could get from the influence of darkness, not, you know, mm-hmm. oh, it's a pretty crystal. So I don't know. I just thought I'd offer my 10 cents there. Yeah, it seems like there's a, <clears throat> you kind of, and Moses covers kind of the deep end of the, mm-hmm. of the pool on, uh, yeah. on the occult <laughs> on, on Sunday, right? Like, don't sacrifice your children on the altar to the god Molech. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're, like, that's not really a temptation. But if you, if that's the deep end of the pool, well, then there's a shallow end of the pool. Yeah, there's all types of gradients here. And, and we, there's all sorts of ways, somebody told me once it's like you just don't want to you don't want to be so crazy uh legalistic that anything that doesn't have you know a bible verse on it right. is demonic right. right so you know well i only buy this and i only buy this and i only go here and i only do this because i know it's all christian endorsed or something right um and then everything else is demonic at the same time we don't want to dabble in things that can open the door to us you know, being curious then about more, seeing some, you know what I mean? So there's, there's, you know, we need to discern and have wisdom in there. And, you know, I've, we used to lead um, a lot of mission trips out in Arizona, New Mexico, in the Navajo Nation. And there's places there that you can buy kachina dolls, uh, dream catchers, and all sorts of different things that have some cultural you know, uh, meaning, but then there's also this spiritual element. The to other it. side and, of it, right. You know, kids would be interested in, oh, that's cool, you know, let's get that or whatever. And does that have any meaning or anything? Like, yeah, it does. And that, like right here on the shop on the side of I-10, <laughs> they're just trying to make money. But if you connect it further on, there's, no, there's real, you know, there's praying that happens to these things and the use of these things to, uh, have visions and all sorts of mm-hmm. things. So I don't know. It's just, 
I mean, I don't mean to jump to the punchline, but you mentioned it in the message. I mean, anything that is provoking us to want more knowledge than God intends for us to have Mm -hmm. is what we're being warned against. And whether it's inviting crystals, (laughs) do we invite crystals? Whether we have crystals (laughs) in our home, hoping that they somehow give us good vibes or... Or power. Exactly. I think that's, that's what we're being warned against. And it's not just Moses sharing this with the Israelites, it's throughout all of scripture. And, mm-hmm. and John, when you were describing like dream catchers or dolls or whatever, I'm thinking of like, you're putting your hope in an idol. Yeah. Like it's like, as, as if God isn't enough mm-hmm. to protect you, you want to take one extra step. And I'm, I would say most likely people's motives are pure in the sense that they just, they just want to protect their family. But the danger in that is you are putting your faith in an idol. You are putting your faith in something outside of the realm of God's sovereignty. And that's what we're warned against. When I was a kid, um, that's a great word, by the way. I don't want to skip over what you said. (laughs) Uh, When I was a kid, we bought a new house. Then we were going to remodel. We were remodeling this house. And I was working with my dad. I was in junior high. And we're tearing out the entirety of the, like all the sheetrock and everything in the basement of this house. And we're going to Oh my gosh, where is this going? We open up one of the walls. A hundred thousand what dollars? Inside one of the walls was a Ouija board, oh an old Whoa. Ouija board, not the kind that you buy that Why Milton is it Bradley. In the wall? Okay, that's, that's weird, right? <laughs> Creepy. That's weird. A Ouija yes. board with a. The, it was like an old, like a wooden one, mm. and then it had like the board with the letters. I don't even know how that all that stuff works. Yeah. I just know mm. you say some things and it tries to guide you. Mm-hmm. With it was a small book and. In the book was written everything that the Ouija board had, had said. said. Whoa. Oh my gosh. All over these things. Burn and it. Yeah. So I remember my dad, and we were not like demon, you know, like worried about demons all the time. You know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. It wasn't types topic. of faith yeah. that are yeah. much more yes. into, you know, the demonic and or avoiding the demonic, avoiding yeah. the demonic mm-hmm. and all those mm-hmm. sorts of things. And I just, I remember my dad being like, okay, we're not messing with this, throwing it, throwing it away. And then my dad praying yeah. in the uh, basement yeah. and over the house. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, he said, hey, yeah. wanna, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to overdo this and we don't want to underdo this. Mm-hmm. And we've seen something that's scary. It's been in our house and we don't want that presence anymore. And yeah. I remember that being like, okay. That's how we handle those yeah. things. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to think like now anytime something bad happens the in the house, haunted. it's haunted, right? And that my dad was really clear about that. And especially in the 80s. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All those right. movies mm-hmm. out. Right. Like that's, that right. was the thing. But isn't that creepy? Yeah. Like, why is this here? That why is it in out. the wall? Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. You know, when mm-hmm. we were at that healing conference, that was, uh, I, I just learned a lot about how a lot of those uh, uh, people who prayed for healing um, and with through some of their personal experiences that they shared like Jack Deere and um, a couple other guys who got up and were speaking and they shared about some of their um, some of their demon encounters and experiences and exorcisms it related to healing mm-hmm. um, that was just eye-opening for me because um, obviously when before I was a, wasn't a Christian this wasn't a thing and then yeah. uh, when I did become a Christian the circles that I ran with were more of like you know it's not like we didn't believe in demons but it's just not really you know, acknowledging them right. at all. And so that was kind of an open door for me to like, oh, okay, there's some Christians out there doing some serious work, having yeah. some very different experiences than I have. <laughs> and um, in, in being prayed over for healing, and uh, they, they would usually ask, um, you know, about your background and have you ever done X, Y, Z? And have you ever played with a Ouija board? Or have you ever, you know, been exposed to crystals or whatever it was, you yeah. know, and, and if, if the answer was yes, they would pray over that. Um, and they try would, to address it. They would address it. Yep. Yeah. Um, they would ask you to con- confess, yep. repent, you know, repent, renounce. renounce, and then after that would follow, uh, would follow prayer. And yeah. so it was just a learning experience for me. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, this stuff was definitely going on in the New Testament times. There's no reason to think it doesn't go on anymore. So, um, What's, I think what stinks is a lot of these things we're talking about are good things. They're from God, like a crystal. It's from God, right? right, right you know what I mean? Right, right. And they've been it's, hijacked, right? and now we can't mess with it. And right. like that's, that's what kind of gets me fired up. It's yeah. like, man, and, and that's where I go. That's where my mind goes when I see somebody talking about 
um, you know, crystals, worshiping vibes, karma. It's like, gosh, dude, you're, you're like almost there. Right. But you stop short of the creator mm-hmm. and you're worshiping the things, yeah. the created. You're like, yeah, of course, everything has a frequency. That's mm-hmm. science, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I just watched a video yesterday where a dude yelled at a wine glass and busted it mm-hmm. twice. Oh, no, that's on Dude Perfect. On Dude Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So I just found Seen out about one. I just found out about Dude Welcome Perfect yesterday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Do you we, have a 10-year-old boy? <laughs> I have a 40-something-year-old husband. <laughs> no, but it was awesome. It was like, if you didn't yell in the frequency of the glass, it wouldn't break. But if you match the pitch of the glass, yeah, right. it would break, like... That's cool, but you know. No, that's wizardry. That's <laughs> sorcery, <laughs> my friend. Oh, gosh. Okay, so this just gets us into wizardry and all that, gets us into the oh, next yeah. question. I have to ask um, oh, what comes. about Harry Potter? And my question is not really about Harry Potter, but about fantasy and magic and the role that they play in general. At what point is it wrong to exercise the imagination? So I, we can talk, I'm so far out of the loop on we this. We can talk so, about politics. To divide everything, or Harry Potter to divide the world. <laughs> and I, I get, I'm out of the loop, so maybe you with younger kids can address it. But I'll just I'll give some thoughts real quick here. First, not all literature is created equal, so if I wouldn't want to throw out all fantasy, take uh, C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings. So I, I certainly. We need to recognize that uh, there is some really dark fantasy that is uh, trying to access um, Hmm. a prohibited reality for Christians, an occultish reality. And then there's fantasy that's trying to, for Lewis, it was trying to describe um, an openness to biblical truths trying to access imagination for the purpose of giving us greater understanding of biblical truth. So not all literature is created equally. I'd say the same with movies. Uh, Some fantasy movies I can go see and come away encouraged, edified. Other fantasy movies I wouldn't go see because they're so dark and um, evoke things I don't want to be thinking about. Uh, And then the the only other thing I would say is, Whenever it comes to literature or entertainment, discernment's needed. <laughs> and if, if this is a parent asking, you know, what's inbounds, out of bounds with fantasy and magic and role play and all that, I would just say um, if, you, if you're going to let your kids venture into a world, you need to venture into it with them. You need to read the books they're reading, watch the movies they're watching, that type of thing. And then it's been my experience that kids react differently, uh, even within a family. Um, so we need to be careful in that. I, I don't know that I handled this well in my own house. Um, so, um. I had somebody say one time, um, a little bit of make-believe is great. Too much make-believe yeah. is, is probably not great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get into too much, like your whole, where you go so deep into it that it's like, What's you kind of have to know your kids? What's reality for them and what's not reality, and how much is you know? I mean, I think some kids can read all the Harry Potter books, see the some of the brilliant writing in there, have a great experience with it, and then there's others that they sucked in, they get sucked Mm -hmm. into it, Mm -hmm. and they carry a wand around and they try to cast spells on people, and it's like, okay, well, we went a little too far there. (laughs) Like, there was there was okay make believe, and then we went into too much make believe, and. I don't want to, you know, like to your point, there's, there's clearly lines in there to, to draw that, that are um, important. But anyway, it's the, sa- it's the same thing with all that make-believe fan, you know. Yeah, yeah I, just, I, I think it comes back to really knowing your kids and what they can handle and then being really involved in paying attention to what... In the selection process. Selection, the reading, yeah. My my boys have read Harry Potter more than once through and through every, every book. They love it, but I don't see any of them thinking that they actually have wizardy power. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. right. They've, mm-hmm. they've seen the you entertainment. close the book right. and it's over. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. For some. For most. Yeah. Yeah. And it's encouraged more in depth reading. It's, it's, it's very well written. And so right. it's just encouraged continued love of good literature. Yeah, it's, just, it's the same. I mean, we used to get the question, are superhero, superheroes aren't real, right? <laughs> like, there's no, there's no real superheroes. 
when your kids are little, you know, and they're watching. It reminds me of the Santa Claus discussion because if you sell the Santa Claus too much, <laughs> yeah, you've, you've and then they realize well, there's no Santa Claus. You've you potentially ruin Christmas if you don't give it any Christological Christ focus. Yeah, we don't do so. Santa. Fantasy could be carried too far on any number of issues for children. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I I can't wait to for my boys to watch Lord of the Rings, about, Star but, Wars, even or. Yeah, I don't know. Is that fantasy or is that just sci-fi? It's more sci-fi. But yeah. yeah, I just I what gets me is the the Harry Potter versus uh, you know, to, uh, Tolkien or C.S. Lewis. Obviously, I love C.S. Lewis and obviously Narnia has strong parallels with with Christ and all that. Yeah. And so does Lord of the Rings. You know, but like I could also talk about Harry Potter and be like, well, good triumphs over evil in the end, and one of the strongest themes is a mother's love. Like those are good themes. Those are good. Those are good things. There are some in Harry Potter. There's some situational ethical ethic mm-hmm. issues, like where I break rules, but in the end, it it helps. I don't know. So you'd have to that and back to mm-hmm. let's discuss what what our kids are seeing and yeah, and mm-hmm. help them process and mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I mean, we're we're quite a ways off from our boys watching. Like I, I would probably be more comfortable with them watching the first Harry Potter before they watch Lord of the Rings, not because yeah, it's, it's, Lord of the Rings gets dark. I was gonna say it's just intense. really dark and intense, mm-hmm. and like you know, and that Harry Potter. Harry Potter, Potter does get there Gollum? later on. Yeah, but yeah, Gollum's like scary. And the orcs are really dark and scary. Yeah, and yeah. they come from the pit of yeah. the earth. Yeah, I think that the distinction is. Um, where people often struggle with this is the source. So, so Lewis, Tolkien, they are writing from a... World they're world. explaining yeah. good and evil from yes. a... We, we are believers, stated believer. And, and there is, I, in some ways, darker things in mm. The Lord of the Rings than there is in some of the Harry Potter. Right. Um, in terms of its detail and how evil it is and all these sorts of things. But the source is what people, you know, so the source of the Harry Potter books, they're not coming from explaining good and evil from a Christian perspective. And that I, think that's, I think that's where people get caught up. Yeah. And, and, the, and, and rightly struggle. so. We need yeah. to, they need to discern, discern some of that. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, next next one. Is there is there really demonic powers behind things like Ouija boards, tarot cards, palm readings, and seances? I think the short answer for me is yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Does that mean if you participated, if you've used a Ouija board or got your palm read, that you've interacted with demons? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I don't think it's that easy uh, or that cut and dry. But by and large, those are avenues for uh, demonic activity and so ephesians 6 verse 12 really clear our battles not against flesh and blood there is a real evil force active in the world looking to oppose god's purposes and god's people and we shouldn't be naive about it we shouldn't pretend that's not the reality and in one way to access those evil forces is through divination of various sorts. And so absolutely. The, scripture has several stories I mentioned Sunday. One when Saul goes to visit a witch to get a conjured, to conjure up a dead man named, a prophet named Samuel. I mean, we just, scripture teaches it, that it's, yeah. it seems very straightforward that. Well, this is the woman we were talking about earlier clearly was operating yes. outside of time in some way where she could, she was accessing, the demon, yeah. The, the demonic power could tell yep. the future. Yeah. Like, yep. That's unnatural. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's all fake or whether it's actually influenced by, you know, like you could have, uh, you know, the people on TV totally. that want you to do those reading, you know, what was the, the one that Cleo or whatever, that lady that would, all those commercials call in and get your yeah. fortune told, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, $4 a minute or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, I forgot about those. Is that influenced by demonic stuff? Maybe. Could be. But yeah. m- m- more likely, or... But you don't really want to mess with it. Exactly. It, yeah, yes. like don't, get, saying, don't well, flirt with it's, it. It's, some, some of them are probably it, shysters. Just fake. And right. some of them are authentic. Right. If I, I don't want, want to go to either one. It, it, that right. was going to be my point. <laughs> right. No so matter... the money yeah. or, or an exposure to the demonic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> either way, lose-lose. Yeah, like, we've, you know, there's this, those places up on North Avenue. There's, I think there's two, maybe three of them that are oh, yeah. Palm, Tarot, those, or whatever. Yeah. And I remember, you know, we we drive by there all the time. You know, you're going to stuff and... 
my kids being like, you know, what is that? They can tell you, you know, what's a tarot card, you know, or whatever. <laughs> First of all, it's tarot. <laughs> and, and I can remember saying things like, it's just a bunch of garbage. It's just garbage. It's, it's fake. It's toying with uh, things that are not of God, you know, and not going into this deep teaching, well, that woman is demon-possessed right. in, you know, Lady Lydia or whatever right. the name of that place is and all those kinds of things. Well, now in a conversation with them, I might have a deeper conversation about, you know, things that are demonized and why we should avoid that. And, you know, so anyway. All right, uh, next one. What should we do if we have been exposed to occult activities or even participated in occult activities? Con talked about this a little bit earlier, right? Yeah. I would say if, if you've been exposed like I was by my grandfather, I think it's important to confess. Confess is the churchy word or the biblical word for acknowledge that is sinful. Yeah, repent of it. That is to say, Father, I don't want any part of that. And you're just doing this in prayer. You're just talking to your father, your creator, uh, about you're acknowledging it's, it's out of bounds, it's sinful, it's detestable. You're repenting, saying, I, I'm going to turn away from that. And, and we have the comfort to know that when we confess, he's faithful and just, he forgives us, he cleanses us, and that's key. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness because we do need a cleansing from the influence of the demonic. Um, and so David said, uh, wash me and I'll uh, cleanse me with hyssop. I think it's Psalm 51. So the good news is that, that we can submit to God, James 4, 7, uh, by, by rejecting those activities and not participating in them. So submit to God and then resist the devil. And James 4, says, 7 says he'll flee from us. So mm -hmm. we don't have to be plagued by our, our past poor decisions or our home of origin, um, we can renounce those activities and, and seek God's cleansing and rest in the knowledge that 1 John 1, 9, he says he cleanses us when we confess. Well, the opening season to The Chosen, episode one, season one, yeah. Yeah. is the deliverance of Mary Magdalene. Mm -hmm. And we know biblically she, she was delivered of seven demons. Um, and so it's fascinating. They do kind of a, a backstory on how they imagine Mary becoming demon-possessed, her lifestyle, uh, and, and then Christ's care for her. Um, it's really very beautiful. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's fairly dark. I don't know that I'd sit down with my elementary-age kids to watch yeah. it without oh, really? watch, pre-watching okay. it. Yeah. I was thinking this would be a good Christmas. <laughs> you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Bucket, bucket list. Yeah. No, to watch with the family. I think I'm the only Christian on the planet Earth who has not watched The Chosen yet. It's awesome. I haven't seen the whole thing. I've okay. seen some I haven't of seen it. The whole thing it's yet. awesome. And it's been great. It's been yeah. really good. That's the only one, right? Yeah. That's, the, that that would be the only one where you would say, hey, not, elementary kids, yeah, not the rest so much. Are just really it's not too much for elementary. I think your point of pre-watching it so you can kind of walk them yeah. through and prepare them for it. But it's not. I don't know. I wouldn't have wanted to see it when I was nine or eight or seven. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. I I'm one more thought to this question. Yeah. You when you were talking, I I kept I know I don't I'm sorry, I don't have the verse right in front of me, but we we know that the enemy is looking, he he is seeking to kill and destroy. And I just it puts like an emphasis on how important it is to like we're saying, yeah, use discretion and discernment on what to yeah. watch or what to explore or whatever. And I just, I'm like, I really feel this emphasis on real, like understanding that the enemy only has one goal and it is to see. He's not playing. He, no. He's not dabbling. He's looking from whom he can devour. Right. And that, I, I don't know, I'm feeling a little bit more of a conviction in my I always steer away from trying to be too legalistic or whatever, but I'm also thinking, but he's looking to destroy people yeah. and anything he can do to separate us from God. Yeah. That's his agenda. And mm -hmm. so I kind of want to stay as far away from that. Well, and, and one of the ways that he destroys is, in my opinion, I don't mm -hmm. know if this is totally right, is not by complete consumption of one person and destroying them. Yeah. But if you, if you offer a little bit of influence and yeah. a little bit of inoculation against the things yeah. of God, That's then good. you are steering potentially a whole group of people or a whole family away from him. And yeah. that's just as destructive right. as one person 
being fully consumed with the occult. Does that make sense? Yeah. So sometimes it's like Consume only if it's really, really dark is it's from the devil. Well, no. Yeah, no, I like a little what you're bit of consuming one. You've accomplished something if you're Satan. Yeah. But steering 50 by oh. that one away right. from Christ, right. that's an accomplishment mm-hmm. as well. Right. It's 1 Peter 5.8. Be alert and sober-minded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Be yeah. alert, sober-minded. Yeah, I was combining two scriptures. The other one is he's looking who we can... Kill, yeah. Seek, kill, and destroy. What is yeah. it? Yeah, the enemy, John. <laughs> I think it's John ten ten. I've come that you might have life and life to the full. The enemies come to ki- kill, steal, and destroy. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Those are some serious. It's a, yeah, words. It, it's a mm-hmm. it's a serious it's a reminder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's go to the last one. Um, and this is, this is a great question. Today, today's sermon was interesting, but if studies in ancient languages are needed to understand the Bible, then who other than clergy can expect to be able to understand Scripture? It's a great question. Yeah. It really is. So I don't often put up Hebrew and Greek languages on the screen. There, there's a limited uh, pulpit value there. But I found it interesting that the grammatical length and uh, overlap, and I thought others might as well. It is true that it's a blessing to be able to study God's word and to pray as a vocational minister. John and I get paid. Matt and I, get, we get paid to spend time in Scripture doing that type of research. Um, and so we, we come out on Sunday morning and we can offer as shepherds of God people what we've learned. There's value there. That's really good. But let's be honest. I'd go so far as to say 99% of Deuteronomy chapter 18, gleaning what needs to be gleaned for life, did not require Greek and Hebrew. The truth is Greek and Hebrew scholars already did that work and they translated it to English so that it's accessible. So 99 point, I'll go 99.9% of what Christians need to know on a daily basis to live godly is available through English text. You, you could read Deuteronomy chapter 18 and come away saying, ooh, I should stay away from occult practices because they're detestable. And, and that's, that's plenty. Um, the linguistic studies just, they go a little deeper. I, frankly, I think they make it interesting and they help us understand how Genesis chapter three, verse one, the serpent is related to the Canaanites getting kicked out of their land, the detestable nature of their behaviors. That is, they're wanting to gain hidden knowledge, usurp authority from God and refusing to submit to him like Eve did in the garden. I find that it's called, that's called biblical theology. <laughs> And, and, and I find that fascinating, unifying the whole, the, the books of the Bible together and, and seeing them as a, as a singular story with themes woven throughout. And truthfully, you spend a hundred bucks, you go buy a study Bible, I'd recommend the NIV or the NLT study Bible, and a lot of this is in there. Whole seminary education in a study Bible <laughs> these days, it's stunning what's available in a singular study Bible, so... Mm-hmm. It's uh, there's some natural wanting to, um, like you said in the, I wonder what that word is in mm, the in mm-hmm. the Greek. If you get in that place where you're wondering it, you can, you can dig it up. Yeah, easily. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of places. online resources, and there's some there's a natural draw to that with I think with Deuteronomy because it's we know it's written in Hebrew to the Hebrew people, and there's things in there, words in there that are unique that, um, I just reading it and studying it have drawn me to want to know, to go deeper into it yeah. and look up, you know, I wonder what, what was Moses saying there? And I wonder why that was translated that way. And I wonder if that's found anywhere else in the scripture. And anyway. Right. And all that work, I mean, there are some amazing websites where you can punch in and search words and you yeah. can get that data pretty quickly with just a little bit of effort. Yeah, and, lots of online lexicons. The... <laughs> The mining, the digging it up, and the living it out are two very different things. Yeah, if the mining helps you live it out better. Great. Great, but it's not required. Right. I appreciate this question so much because I I just remember, especially starting out seminary, and you, you start, your eyes get open to what you don't know. And at first for me, and this is probably because of my personality, it was a little paralyzing. It was a little bit like, I'm just gonna not 
I don't talk. get any of this. Yeah, <laughs> like because I'm gonna screw something up. I'm gonna mess oh, something up. Yeah. You know, like I. Right. But I think part of maturing in the faith and as a communicator of God's word, uh, part of that is wrestling with that and then realizing I am gonna mess something up at some point. But that's that's not a reason to not communicate God's word and to talk about God's yeah. word and to learn yeah. it as best I can. That would be like playing a sport and not never taking a shot out right. of fear of missing a shot. Right. Never wanting to strike out. So Yeah, like you can't do that. Right. So I, I feel like I grew a lot um, just as a person, as a man of faith, once I kind of was like, okay, you know what? Like I can't just be paralyzed in fear mm-hmm. that I'm going to say something to someone and and just hermeneutically get it wrong. Just I completely <laughs> axed that passage, and now this person is living their life under my bad direction. You know, like it just you just got to let go of that and and study God's word, know it as, as best you can, and trust in the Holy Spirit. Like it's a good idea to, to like study scripture with others as well, like through a Bible study or a small yeah, group. Yeah. Or there's some really good Bible studies out there that the writer has done majority of the the digging for you, mm-hmm. and so you just you know, you go through it and enjoy the fruit of somebody else's labor, but it's also teaching and molding and shaping you. So there's a lot of good resources, yeah, you know, for those who want to go. I use Logos there. every day and I've talked about it before on the podcast, but yeah. I, I do. I love it. And you know what? There's, there's different levels. You can spend thousands of dollars on it, but the basic level is not that expensive. I mm-hmm. want to say it's like 150, 175 bucks, whatever, but they also have a phone app. And so I usually just have the, the phone app open when I'm reading my Bible or whatever. And if I come across a word and I want to know a range of meanings, like what we were mm-hmm. just talking about, mm-hmm. where you were like, I wonder what else that might mean. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you can just go straight on your phone, hit that button, uh, hit that word, and boom, that pops up your range of meaning. And mm-hmm. so it's, yeah, there's some really good uh, resources that'll help you if you want to learn more. All right. Wrap it up. That's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text the Next Level Podcast, 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and also general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that Scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him. And our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to The Next Level. Boom! Prophecy.